TJ Laramie. Absolute savage. I love savages. I love guys that fight like this kid fights. Welcome to the UFC, kid. TJ Laramie. TJ Laramie is a UFC featherweight from Windsor, Ontario, who vaulted his way into the UFC through the Dana White Contender Series. And he has been outspoken about sweeping lockdowns, travel restrictions, and the treatment certain professional athletes are receiving from the government compared to others. TJ, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since we spoke. Thanks for coming in, Tate. Today, can't speak. <laughs> uh, I, I'm good, man. You know, um, happy to be here. Happy to uh, be in the situation I am right now uh, with you guys and uh, everything that's been going on with COVID and the, the things I've had to deal with so far, you know? Yeah, for those of you, you're going to see coming up that TJ is actually one of our new Fight the Fines uh, recipients. He got a crazy fine, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is... We had an interview a few months ago about the travel and the restrictions you've been dealing with, having to train in secret. Gyms still aren't open. I think it's the last place in North America where you can't train anything indoors. I've become the beast and monster you see before you Mm. without the gym being open. Mm -hmm. I was once in shape, you guys. Tell me how it's been having to travel back and forth for your training. Uh, So really, I've been doing majority of my training in the U.S., uh, because Ontario's been closed for months and uh, it's too uh, wishy-washy, right? So it's always like, oh, we'll open. Oh, uh, no, we're shut down. Or it's like, oh, we're open, but only a certain amount of people allowed in a gym, which is quite ridiculous. But uh, luckily, uh, from what I'm noticing now in this last lockdown, is most gyms are kind of just uh, whatever, you know what I mean? They're kind of just uh, doing whatever. And uh, they're finding little loopholes away uh, around uh, the restrictions. So, I mean, that's that's great, but I mean, it's still not ideal for me. I'd rather just go in Vegas uh, where I can get all the training I want, all the training partners, uh, where I don't have to worry about uh, somebody knocking on the door with a badge and uh, trying to hand out fines to everybody. Now, are you training at the UFC facility? You got a, a training camp down there or how's it going down there? Uh, so the three uh, main places I train at, or two I would say, is Extreme Couture, 10th oh, nice. Planet, Las Vegas, and then I also do some stuff at uh, the UFC PI. Yeah, a lot of fancy stuff in the UFC Performance Institute there. Um, Has it been harder to travel to Canada than you expected? I mean, you mentioned it's not worth it to go back and forth and do all this stuff. But did you really predict that it was going to be this bad, especially considering all the all the exemptions that are handed out for almost everything? But but you can't come back into the country like pre-approved or anything like that. Has it been as bad as you thought it would be? Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, it's pretty ridiculous, especially somebody like me who has a who has a visa uh, to work in the U.S. You know what I mean? So uh, and given the restrictions uh that are put in place here in ontario and in canada in general um for them to not exempt me to at least travel back and forth every day to detroit or michigan uh so that way i can work and do uh like i have a construction company in uh, windsor as well as uh, i cut hair i'm a barber so uh to not like it's either one or the other at this point either i'm going to train full time or i have to come home and work and make money because uh the way the government's put it is I can't get the ideal training here at home and work and make money. You know what I mean? Because the UFC is only a couple fights a year, two or three fights max, you know? Um, 
and that's only a lump sum of money every so often, right? So I need to work, I need to make money, uh, I need to keep my company going. So uh, the fact that I don't have the exemption to cross back and forth every day to get what I need or to even come from home from Vegas so I could stay for a week or, or two and then fly back without getting a, a huge fine or discipline in some way, it's crazy. You gotta jump through hoops to uh, just get back home. Well, there's a decent amount of UFC fighters off the top of my head, there's yourself, uh, Charles Jordan, T Tanner Bozer. Has any commission or anybody of any association or govern governing body offered you guys help? Being like, here's a place where all the, it might only be one location, but here's a place where all the Canadian fighters can train, maybe in Ontario or one for each coast. Has anybody offered you guys any help or assistance with this at all? Uh, no, not that I know of personally. Like, I haven't been offered anything. I mean, there are, like I said, there's some gyms trying to find loopholes as far as, uh, so amateur like high level amateur sports or olympic sports which obviously mma is not an olympic sport jiu-jitsu is not an olympic sport but luckily wrestling and boxing is a, mm -hmm. an olympic sport so i mean if you're signed up with the, an association that uh goes with that and you're training for the olympic trials you know uh there's been loopholes that way but even then you know they're still trying to crack down on gyms that are trying to you know I guess in their eyes abuse the exemption. Yeah, there is one gym that I try to convince to open based on that exemption for professional athlete training, which was would be boxing, but they didn't want to do it. A lot of the places I get these emails from uh, Good Life Fitness, <laughs> people send them, and uh, they're saying, please talk to your government, tell them to open up the gyms. And it's like, Good Life, why don't you do something? Yeah. You have 70,000 locations yeah. across the world. Hundreds of millions. Exactly. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Why don't you actually get it to open up? Um, do fighters from other countries or any of the re other regions talk about any of their shared experiences through the travel and the training about this with you? Well, uh, for me personally, I know I'm not the first person who's gotten a fine. I know, unfortunately, some people have had to go and do the hotels. I know Israel Adesanya being from New Zealand. He actually does 14 days in a hotel that's how they do it over there which is i mean this is the ufc champ we're talking about yeah. you know what i mean so they have that much authority over a guy and it's like how many negative tests do you need to show it's like do the do the test not work you know that's that's my thought right it's like uh if i present you a negative test you don't trust the test enough for for me to go home or at least quarantine at home uh not be in a hotel like we're talking about this is this guy's livelihood this is his job this is my job this is my livelihood and you expect me to stay in a hotel where i have no access to training facilities or the ability to go outside for a run at that you know new zealand is governed by a communist leader however though that's yeah. the lady who's the prime minister there used to be a part of the socialist group now I know Fight Island had its own thing, and then Vegas, while it was still closed, of course, they were doing the fights there in the Performance Institute or the Apex Center, whatever, whichever one has the actual octagon, the smaller one. What is the protocol like for there, or what do they have in place for fighters still fighting in the United States? Uh, so what they are currently still doing, they still do the COVID tests. I mean, they're obviously uh, lenient with the masks. I don't believe people have to wear masks as much anymore. Maybe the coaches and corners, but the fighters don't. Uh, before around the facility, you have to wear a mask, right? So as a fighter, um, so, uh, I mean, it's not ideal. The biggest thing for me was fighting without a crowd is, uh, it's a terrible experience, especially when you're supposed to be at the pinnacle of the sport. I mean, obviously I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh, I actually got to, uh, earn a spot in the UFC during COVID with no crowd. So, I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity, of course, but I mean, at the end of the day, 
this is the UFC. This is the pinnacle, right? Uh, I fought in crowds larger in Windsor, you know, or in Ontario or in some uh, little gym in Detroit. You know, I fought in front of more people there than I did at the pinnacle of MMA in the sport, right? So I feel like athletes aren't really getting their fair shake, uh, especially, you know, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, they're a lot more lax, especially when they go out, out of state, uh, when they're not at the apex, uh, they pretty much, they get to interact with fans again and all of that. So, uh, I'm excited uh, for my next uh, bout because I truly believe I'll be able, there's going to be a crowd mm -hmm. there. I think they're doing a couple more events at the apex and then it's done. So, yeah. Well, yeah, they're sort of going back from East to West. They started in Florida then Texas then Arizona, and now they're back in Vegas for the, uh, this weekend. The Conor McGregor fight was in Vegas, you guys. It was in the arena there. So uh, I wanted to ask you about the environment, just a little bit of politics. This is supposed to be a political show. Yeah. Um, I'm sh I'm not sure if you're familiar with Vlad Kazbekov. He's one of the, the uh, translators. He's also a fighter um, in the lower leagues right now. And he's mentioned to me that the UFC and sort of the, and you can see this reflected in the MMA community, it's sort of reversed. Whereas if you work in an office in downtown Toronto or Los Angeles, you're surrounded with extremely liberal people for better or for worse. He has explained it that in the UFC environment and working with the teams there, it's pretty much reversed where most people have, you know, they're not pro lockdowns, they're a little bit more conservative. Maybe they like the country they came from. Yeah. Have you experienced any of that? Uh, I mean, absolutely. You know, uh, I think deep down inside, nobody in that uh, in that realm supports like what they have to do. It's more like what they to make the government happy, right? So, uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, it's things that uh, people you know f make fans happy at the end of the day too, right? So if they do abide by any of these rules, it's less of a personal decision and more of a you know what I mean, political, like a political decision a little bit. I mean, for the most part, when you talk to them and their personal views, they agree with what I agree with, what Vlad agrees with, and what most of, uh, you know, people with a brain agree <laughs> with. Uh, so, I mean, uh, yeah, it is good to, to work for a company like that with like-minded uh, individuals. And I mean, the whole... They, the only reason they were able to run fights or the reason they were the basically the only sport at the time doing any events was because of that mindset. And this was at the peak of the pandemic when people were afraid to even go to the grocery store. Yeah, and Dana White really, he even encouraged people to, to vote out the people who were putting them through the harsh lockdowns. Um, two extremes of the spectrum, I would say, would be Tyron Woodley, who's wearing, saying Black Lives Matter every answer. And then, of course, Colby Covington, Who's, uh, who's wearing MAGA hats in the octagon and, and hanging out with the Trumps. Has anyone tried to encourage you to, you know, make a statement using your name or using the UFC platform maybe before or after a fight? Has anybody been like, TJ, we need you to speak out. Why won't you talk more about this? Uh, I mean, uh, not uh, using my UFC platform as much and uh, not until recently, not, not at uh, actual UFC event or UFC media yet, but I've been reached out to... Uh, by local Windsor, uh, someone who is running for a member of parliament through the PPC actually there is uh, reached out to me and wants to get me out speaking at some of these events uh, that she plans on hosting. I think you didn't mention the name, but you narrowed it down pretty yeah. much there for that person. So you wouldn't be against it then? No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I don't have a problem expressing my views uh, when it comes to things. Obviously, you look at my Twitter, my Facebook and stuff like that. You know, I feel like... Uh, 
like even if uh, there's probably some things I lean whatever people might want to call left on some things majority of the stuff is uh more uh right wing viewed in the big picture uh but um I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't feel like I'm saying anything wrong. It's just my opinion. It's uh, how I feel. And I don't think anybody should feel wrong with that. You know, I accept people for what they believe, whether I think it's right or wrong. I mean, it's an opinion at the end of the day. Uh, as long as you show that same energy back towards me, you know, you're respectful for me. I'm respectful to you. Does the UFC PR team ever give anybody talks about anything or is it just general what to do? Do they ever tell anything? Get, does anybody um, ever get in trouble? I mean, I've personally uh, never seen it, uh, but uh, it's funny you mentioned that Kobe Covington and Tyron Woodley because I fought on the card that he yeah. he wore the the BLM shirt at the conference and uh, when he was fighting Covington and actually in the back uh, after weigh-ins, it was Donald Cerrone he was just trashing BLM pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this was in front of everybody, you know what I mean? But hey, at the end of the day, if that's what he believes, he's entitled to that opinion. And if that's what Woodley wants to preach, he has to, you know what I mean, be prepared for people to also to talk back like that, you know, as well. And Tyron Woodley was there when he was? Uh, uh, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to not really believe Ty, Tyron Woodley believed in a lot of that stuff. No. He tends to, you know, use it as a, use him being, you know, overlooked or overshadowed as a way to get more attention come fight time. Yeah. I'd have more of a problem with somebody, and I'm willing to name Angela Hill as somebody who really is, I'm oppressed, uh, yeah. feel sorry for me, and, and I don't really I don't really enjoy that. Um, I want to talk to you now about the fine you got coming back. Can you tell people a little bit more what happened, why you were coming back to Canada, even though it's been this headache, um, and, and you got a fine trying to come over the border, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, coming back... Uh... Obviously, from what I know, and just to avoid the whole airport, hotel quarantine, them trying to throw me in a bus and drive me to a hotel, uh, to avoid that whole thing, you know, I flew back, and it's much closer to my house anyways, I flew into Detroit and uh, taxied over to Windsor. Um, and uh, so basically, you need the 72 hour, uh, a PCR test within 72 hours upon your arrival to Canada. Um, uh, so I had that done. Uh, I got the test done, uh, traveling across back to Canada, uh, but the results were not in in time. Um, and uh, ironically enough, they ended up coming two or three hours after I got the fine. <laughs> so it, it doesn't really matter. Um, and, but uh, getting across the border, uh, we tell the agent he's about to let us through. He's like, oh, but do you guys have the PCR test? Uh, we're like, oh, you know, we got it done, but we just don't have the results. I can show you the appointment schedule when I schedule the appointment, when I went and got the test and the com confirmation that I got the test done and or is awaiting results. And uh, basically said, man, I'm going to try my best. You know, the CBSA agent was amazing. He tried his best, but at the end of the day, it came down to dealing with the, the health officer and she was not um, as lenient. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure she has a job to do whether she believes in it or not. I mean, I don't know the what what they what what control they have or what power they have to let things slide. So I don't want to you know speak out on that too much. But uh, basically, uh, she gave us the option to go back to Detroit. So spend more money on the cab, uh, go spend two hundred or two hundred fifty US on a rapid test, rapid PCR test, and then come back and then show the results and then go. Um, I was like, eh, no, not really. No, I'm, I'd rather just. Uh, you know, just go home, like just write me the fine. It's okay. Cause I knew, uh, there was the option of the fight, the fines that, uh, rebel news you guys provide. So, uh, I was kind of leaning on that and leaning on the fact that I know a couple people that have gotten quarantine act tickets and it hasn't really, uh, 
like they haven't really gone through or they haven't even gone into the system. So um, I kept trying to just press that and she's like, oh, you know, it's gonna be trying to stress the, the dollar figure. Oh, it's gonna be $6,000, it's gonna be 6,200. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, it's good. I, I had to repeat myself a bunch of times because honestly, I felt like she was uh, just trying to um, save herself some paperwork essentially. And then we wait in the cab for an hour finally and she comes back with a ticket and then I finally get to go home. And then uh, they're trying to uh, get me to do these tests at home while I'm quarantining at home. And I mean, this is this is what kills me the most is that it's supposed to be this serious, you know, pandemic, it's a health risk. Uh, I didn't have one person check on me the whole time. I didn't have one phone call to ask if I have any symptoms. Um, I did the test, but it's like, man, what a, you know what I mean? It, it It makes no sense to me. And even if my... Uh, test would have came back positive, the original one, while crossing the border, I still would have had to quarantine at home. So, I mean, you're just, the only time the uh, government really cared was when it came down to writing me a ticket and making me spend money, you know? So, I mean, if it really was about public health, they would have checked in on me, they would have made sure I was quarantining, or they would have at least called me and asked if I was having any symptoms. But, I mean, it's pretty unprofessional on their end, if you ask me. When I had to quarantine for 14 days, they called twice. This is a year ago, coming back from a Trump rally. First call was a human. Second call was a week later, with a, was a robo call. Sounds like to me they just have given up on that. Yeah. It's, it's too much effort. But I wanted to ask you, and I'm going somewhere with this, how long did you spend at the border waiting there? Um, I'd say total two hours, because it was about an hour of... Uh, convincing me to try to go back to uh detroit and do it i was like you know what maybe i'll wait a couple minutes maybe this test will come through because it was about 48 hours since i've gotten the test done and then uh, i called the lab <clears throat> i called the lab as soon as they opened uh and they said yeah sorry we don't have your test results on the system i'm like okay just write me the ticket then please like i just want to go home i've been traveling a long time at that point i had a lot of layovers and then uh yeah, so I would say about two, two and a half hours at the border waiting. Now, the reason I asked that, because I think it's really weird that instead of, sp we've spent billions upon billions of dollars on all this, instead of spending the extra money to get rapid tests, I mean, we know they exist. We know that there's mm -hmm. rapid saliva tests and there's other tests that will get you the results in a couple hours, if not immediately. But Canada won't seem to spend the money on that. We require people to use a worse test. Now you can go to Florida, for example, and get a much better test and it's still not valid here because it's not the same test. Mm -hmm. I guess they only have a certain system in place to check it. But isn't it weird that they'll, instead of just testing a person at the border, which may take, let's say, give them the benefit of the day and say upwards of 30 minutes, they're still, they're willing to keep you there for two hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't this strange to all, to, to people? Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is why aren't the people at the border and the, and the health can agents more questioning of this and i and i pose the same question to like police and and medical professionals at the same time how long does it have to go on until people start questioning like the logic behind all of this oh i mean like that's the thing and i feel like the population pretty much is uh coming to the conclusion you know they're kind of getting fed up with it and they're kind of seeing that oh, okay they're just running around in circles here there there's no really end game to this they don't have a solution because now obviously 
Um, as soon as we reach these stage three goalposts, they're coming out with Delta variant. They're coming out with Lambda variant now. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, one. that's a new one in the last uh, day or two. It's a Lambda variant. So uh, for the first time in a long time, I actually watched um, like TV news uh, the other night and I couldn't believe like it's no wonder that the older generation, the people who don't really go on the internet as much are like surely convinced that this thing is a, is an issue, you know? Um, and I tell everyone I see now, I'm like, go to the U S any open state for just 48 hours. And you tell me if you think there's a pandemic going on. And the, the reality is people would be genuinely scared. People would be hiding in their homes. People would have uh, personal experiences, but, like less than 3% of all of Ontario has even caught in COVID, let alone had any serious effects from it. You know what I mean? So it's like for pe for the whole population to be scared, it's all, oh, I heard this, I heard that, this is what they said. But okay, what have you experienced? And you know what I mean? Uh, it must be a miracle that I'm alive at this point, seeing as I've had no mask in Vegas, you know, uh, I barely wear a mask. I see friends, I see family. Um, Nobody in my family has even caught COVID, let alone uh, had anything serious from it. And I know my experiences and everybody else's, but uh, for somebody who's traveled as much as me, I could have at least came down with a cough at some point. This one's I don't think is going on YouTube, producer Justin. <laughs> I don't know. We've gone so far down the banned topics list, TJ. I thank you for joining me today. Um, you guys are going to see a video, a Fight the Fines video with TJ coming up. Always good to talk to you, man. You Thanks for well. calling in thank studio. You. I hope the fight is... Oh my God, we just touched. I hope the fight <laughs> is booked soon. Me too. Um, and we want to see you back in front of fans. And it's not that you're not fighting that old guy anymore, are you? Uh, no. I, <laughs> or I was mean, he even old? I don't know. I don't think he was that old. I think he was like 32 or 33, but the, his hairline was a lot <laughs> His hairline was about 50 or 60, you know? <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say to the audience before we let you go? Uh, man, I just want to uh, thank uh, Rebel News and Fight the Fines for dealing with my situation and really helping me out here uh, and giving me the confidence to actually be able to come back to my own house and my own home, you know, um, and getting the the fine rather than traveling back, you know, and spending a lot more money than I had to. All right, TJ Laramie, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, uh, you'll see him on the UFC website if you go there, watch his highlights. Um, from TKO, we'll go all the way back to uh, your championship there. Rebelnewsplus.com, you guys, and check out elevate.farm while you're at it.